Our world is dying, politicians are lying And just when you feel like crying Sit and have a listen to people who have shit themselves Hello, I'm Claudia. I'm Evie. And we are the hosts of The Poodcast, a podcast where we basically tell stories about people pooing themselves. I've got pooping themselves here. That's Keep it. Keep it in. Okay, and we're going to poop. For all of you in Wisconsin. <laughs> this one's for you. Uh, the Poodcast is also a podcast that will focus on and discuss the issues surrounding bowel and bladder conditions, such as IBS, Crohn's, colitis, celiac disease, cystitis, urinary incontinence, and plenty more. We want to break the stigma surrounding these conditions and get people talking about toilets. We have historically found these topics especially difficult to talk about, whether it be an invisible illness or just what our bodies do naturally every day. So we think it's time to change that. And this week, our focus will be on parenthood with chronic illness. And we have two guests coming up today. You lucky buggers, don't say we don't treat you. But first, our other two guests are Evie's bum and tum. How are they? Um, fine, thank you. Actually, good. I've got, uh, I think three topics, uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> You're always so prepared. I've got three topics. We've probably only got time for two. Okay. So the topics are, uh, oh, misdemeanor in the toilet, um, loungewear or skincare. Oh, okay. Well, I've got to start with misdemeanor in the toilet, which I can hear like misdemeanor in the house, misdemeanor on the loo. I used to think it was misdemeanor. Is it not? No, it's a misdemeanor. Oh, I thought it was because it was like Missy Elliott. She was also being mis- that. That was her other name, misdemeanor. Maybe in that context, actually, she is saying misdemeanor. Maybe there's like a rapper called misdemeanor or something. Anyway. Well, don't worry, guys. We'll find it out for you and we'll be sure to let you all know. But I also then thought there was a misdemeanor because he was meaner than everybody else. Oh, God, he sounds he sounds rude. Yeah. So like a Mr. Men, he was like misdemeanor. Because <laughs> there's Mr. Mean, who's a little bit mean. And then there's Mr. Mina, who's a grumpy old man who throws cabbages at the kids coming on his lawn. He's so mean. Why is he throwing cabbages? I don't know. That's what old men do, don't they? If you, if you, they go on your lawn, you throw the cabbages at them. Um. So this isn't really addressing my three topics. Sorry. Yeah, I want misdemeanor. Short and sweet. I was wearing a pair of dungarees to work yesterday. Needed to go to the toilet. Went to the toilet. I did a poo. Stood up. Went to put my dungarees on and one of the dungaree straps had been in the toilet and I pooed on it. <laughs> so it was soaking wet and smelling of poo. I had to go straight back outside. It was freezing cold. Um, so I literally just had to rinse it under a tap. All like, There was no soap. I just had my hand gel. So I put a bit of aloe vera hand gel on, rinsed it again, tried to dry it in a, on the towel. Didn't work. It's denim, too saturated. So I just put a jumper over the top and pretended it didn't happen, but I could smell it all day. It just was in my head. I was going to say, did you have to wear it all day? Yeah, I had another five hours to go in that. Yeah, it was absolutely horrendous. No, I had longer to go. I think I had six or seven hours in it. It was terrible. Were you doing childcare stuff so you could at least blame it on the kid? Yeah. And and then the kid later on did a poo in the bath and then threw it out of the bath. (gasps) Oh! I know, it was awful. I, I sit in the doorway so he doesn't like... Because he splashes water so I don't get wet. Although I'd already pooed on my dungarees at this point. So what's the fuck fucking point? He, I just heard... And he sometimes crouches down. He's so small. When he crouches down in the bath, you can't see him. So that's normal. And then I just heard... 
And I was like, that's weird. It sounds like he's doing a poo. Looked in and he had a poo in his hands and threw it on the bathroom floor and all these little chunks left and I had to get a sieve and sieve it out and pick up the... Oh, my God, it's split. Oh, God. It, do you know, it's almost like if there was a little man living inside the toilet, this is what his life is like. The, if misdemeanor lived inside the toilet no wonder he's so mean he's very has a very difficult life he this is what he would see every day it's just this thing coming like incoming and then splashing on you and no wonder he's so annoyed you're literally your your life that day was the inside of a toilet bowl so i had so much poo in that bathroom in places that i shouldn't have been um so that is the low point but then i've got two positive stories which are loungewear and skincare i don't know if you want one either neither I would really like skincare because I love skincare. Tell me, did you rub it on your skin and now absolute miracles have occurred? Do you know what? This, that is That wouldn't be the weirdest thing I've ever heard because apparently semen facials are very good for use. You can... is, that what you, is that what your boyfriend tells you? Or... <laughs> I mean, it's been four years now and I've noticed no difference to my skin, but I'll persevere. <laughs> I've tried it three times a week. <laughs> no it's um a fad I think but anyway so I don't believe in skincare I think either you um either have good skin genes or you don't and that's basically that's to the extent of it um if you're going to get spots because of hormones there's not really anything you can do about it obviously if you're smearing grease on your face that's not going to be great but um I, I'm, I am basically of the opinion that skincare makes no difference whatsoever um apart of course apart from sunscreen obviously that prevents skin cancer so definitely continue with that if you're doing that having said all of the above i've started using a serum and i don't like to i don't like to brag but i'm about to my skin yeah you're looking fresh this is no makeup claudia it's nothing it's bare face i think i actually also do better in the winter for some reason you look like it, you look like you've had all your pores done. You look so fresh. Then I then if it if it is the result of this using the serum, then I'm fucked off because that completely undermines my belief system. I'm not gonna lie. As someone who thoroughly believes in skincare and spends a lot of money on it, I think it's the serum. I think it's the serum. See, that's that's it. You spend a lot of money on it. So in your head, you go, this is working because I've spent a lot of money on it. But I actually just think it's another one of those things to get people to spend money. If you're going to get a spot, you're going to get a spot. But have you not seen sometimes, like I notice if I wake up in the morning and I haven't moisturised, I'm like, oh, sweetheart, you are dry as a bone. Oh, yeah, of course. Moisturising. Absolutely. But that's skincare, mate. But it's not anti... I'm talking about your anti-wrinkle creams. Oh, I see. Your um, day and night cream. It makes no fucking difference what time of the day you use it. I think it is definitely bollocks because there's so much money in it. But of course, moisturising. Of course, mo moisturising. Of course, of course, of course. But serums honey you need to go down to the ordinary and get some serums and some like face peels and shit i mean well you don't because your skin looks fucking fantastic but like the difference i mean this is a real this is a real splitting of 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 the team here because i'm i'm hugely into skincare and i really want skincare to sponsor us please if you're listening okay sure and if you could if a skincare product out there if you can convince me otherwise great but i've heard that the ordinary is a big off big old scam claudia 
sorry and and to be honest if I'm I think it's probably a psychological difference that then means you're less stressed which means you're less likely to get breakouts because you think I'm using which is which is a thing it's a placebo effect and they, they work but I don't think it's the skincare products Anyway, so that's my, you know, low side, shit on the bathroom floor, in my hands, in the bath, on my dungarees. Upside, touch wood, at the moment, my skin looks looks like it's, you know, surviving. Anyway, Claudia, how are your bum and tums? Yeah, they've been okay. My my tum, I was thinking on the this week what I was going to answer because nothing had really, really much happened, which is always good. It's always good to be like, I haven't got much to say. But then this, I've had a like a really nervy tummy all day because I get into work this morning and my um my boss goes to me um Alex who's our head teacher so the big boss Alex wants to see you in her office and I was like what do you know what it's about and she was like mm. it's like school again I mean I know it is a school but but it is it's and I was like um oh my god and then I didn't get a chance to speak to her about it for the whole day and Alex wasn't seeing me until the end of the day. And so I had a whole day. And do you know what? I can't stop thinking. So on Friday night, we had a teacher's wine club in the in the main hall. And it was really fun, a bit of social distance drinking. But it ended up with me, um, the special needs coordinator, and uh, the head of Key Stage 2 all just... Is he the head of Kisoji? Oh, I've just—I think I've just promoted him. I think he's just—he just seems like he is. But another teacher, oh, just well, I certainly was absolutely battered, like hammered, locking up the school, telling the caretaker to go home, we'll lock up, blah blah blah. And I couldn't stop thinking that that was what she wanted to see me about. Oh, I see. And like, why, why, why? <laughs> Why would she need to see me? But I'm one of these people, as in life that I do sober, I, you know, just chat my ass off. So when I'm drunk, I really, really talk about random crap. What, you thought you'd, like, run your mouth about something and you're going to get in trouble? Yeah, because I really, I was really worried about it because we, we cracked a couple of jokes being like, oh, I hope my bubble has to close soon so I can get 12 days off school. And I was like, shit she she's she's mad at me but isn't it so like i don't know i feel like you're like one of the other people if you if you hear that somebody needs to speak to you or somebody's got some news you either always think it's bad thing or or you're a hopeful person it's good thing and i'm not a hopeful person do you know this is very um topical actually i was talking to my boyfriend yesterday i said that once somebody said to me uh oh after after school i need to speak to you about something why say that to me just talk to me after just talk to me after school don't don't let me ruminate all day on what it's going to be. Or when a friend's like, are you around later? Can we can we have a quick chat? And you're like, oh my God, I didn't sleep with your dad. I didn't run over your dog, but I'm trying to think if I've done anything that bad. On that time with that specific friend, like it, that is, I just go to the worst possible thing. So so what did the teacher want to, what did her teacher want to talk to you about? I got given a promotion. It was lovely news. Fantastic. Great news. Fantastic. So when did you find that out? Literally today. Oh, congratulations. Tell me the details. Are you head teacher now or? Yeah, I'm the head teacher. <laughs> I'm the head teacher of the drunks. <laughs> you could wear your court jester outfit. <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah, they're taking me away from the children. And I just go down to the cellar 
and I just teach all the drunk teachers. Perfect. I teach them how to tactical chunder. I teach them how to cry about childhood traumas. I go through everything. I teach them how to mix different wines and not care. Sounds really good. And they'll come and say, welcome to my class and you come, don't fall over the chair because I just fell over it. And then welcome drunks, welcome one and all. Well, the future of British children uh, is a hopeful one. (laughs) Permission to discuss condition. Just to let you know, we recorded these interviews with Rachel and Ashara with their children present. So you may hear some background noise reminding us of the realities of being a parent. So we are very lucky this week to have not only one, but two guests chatting to us about parenthood with chronic illness. Although technically we kind of have four guests, which is what makes it so exciting. So our first guest is the wonderful Rachel Allen, and you'll also get to hear from her lovely son, Jake. Rachel and Jake share a rare genetic disorder called Hirschsprung's disease, causing both to have ileostomy surgery. Both Jake and Rachel had stoma surgery at birth, but Rachel had undergone reversal surgery at the age of three and has very recently had her second stoma. Rachel is also a family ambassador for Noah's Ark Charity, a children's hospital in Wales, and this amazing mother and son duo spread positivity and awareness on Rachel's social media. Gutsy mum. Welcome, Rachel. How's your bum? How's your tum? How are you in general? Oh, loving life. Yes, we are all good here. Gen- we are good, genuinely. We're, um, yeah, obviously the world's in chaos. But um, no, we're actually, touch wood, our bums and tums are good. That's good. It's always good to hear. And you're, you're in Wales, are you? Yeah, so we're in South Wales. Um, so obviously we're in a fire break lockdown at the moment. And it's half term and it's raining. Fun. What more would you want? <laughs> So, Rachel, can you tell us a bit about what Hirschsprung's disease is and both yours and Jake's diagnosis? So, six weeks at growth in the womb, uh, the ganglion cells, which are the little, well, they're like little hairs that line all the intestines, um, they don't develop properly. So, they are the little things that help move waste along the intestines. Um, So, if they don't work, effectively, you can't pass waste and your body shuts down. Um, So when they looked at scans for Jake, they showed in the contrast scans that all the affected area was blacked out, where it was just basically dead. It wasn't a functioning organ. So both myself and Jake, all our entire large intestine was uh, dead, non-functioning, and part of our small. I think we were the same within a centimetre, which is really freaky, and that's not the norm. So, yeah, I really gifted him with that one. So it is um it is a genetic condition is that right? Yes it is. So no one before myself had it in uh, my my parents family. And then obviously I gave the gift to Jake and then we're going to have to wait and see if Jake meets someone and passes it on again. Um so I have um a brother as well um and a half sister and they don't have it but then also there's the same chance of their children having it as what it was for me to have it. So We've just got to hopefully, fingers crossed, no one else gets it. But if if they do, we're still standing and we're fine. So there are plenty of worse things to have, yeah. Goodness, of course. And so what's what's the process then from from birth? What what then happens in terms of ostomy surgery and things like that? So one of the main signals that Hirschsprung's is present is that the stomach gets distended because obviously no waste can pass through your intestines out of the rectum, can't leave the body. So you're essentially getting backed up. So 
um, on a little newborn, that's going to be very obvious, isn't it? As well, when I was pregnant with Jake, I kind of had a gut feeling that the baby had it. I don't know why. I never really believed in the whole gut feeling thing. Mm. So obviously, Jake's my firstborn. Um, and they always say, oh, mother's instincts. And I used to, I never really bought into it, just thought, meh, might be a thing. And my God, is it true? And yeah. it, and you wouldn't even think it was true when they, you're just growing them. But I just knew and I kind of mentally prepared myself for it. Um, and then when he was born and his tummy started getting distended, I just thought, right, here we go. I had a cesarean section plan because of my ostomy surgeries as a child. And that went wonderfully. I had a really good pregnancy. But yeah, within he was born at 20 to 11 in the morning. And by midnight, he was being blue lighted to the to Noah's Ark Children's Hospital in Cardiff and then they straight away said yep classic Hirschsprungs because the hospital I had Jake in they weren't um, aware of its symptoms they weren't very knowledgeable of it didn't have a lot of experience so I was saying look I know the baby has it I know there's something wrong and they weren't uh, they just weren't I think because I was the first time um, they were kind of giving it the benefit of the doubt and just thinking oh we'll just see how he feeds because, of course, where he was getting backed up, he didn't want to feed because yeah. he felt so full. So he wouldn't latch on. Um, I couldn't give him any milk um, bottle straight away. So, yeah, on the on the outside, you might put it down to, oh, it's just a stressed first time mum, you know, struggling to breastfeed. But it wasn't. It's because he was full. He couldn't pass his waist and he couldn't feed. So straight away, it was three washouts a day from day two of being alive. Um, then it's a biopsy test where they remove um, some of the cells in the rectum. So that happened. It came back positive, but they all said, we know it is, but we need an official diagnosis. So that was all within a week. And then we lived in hospital for six weeks because we had to wait for the washouts to clear him out and him to grow a little bit to have stoma surgery to be able to then go home because obviously... I, we couldn't take him home the way he was. What does a washout involve when you say that? Just like an enema. You know, these fancy ladies on Real Housewives. <laughs> Do you like Real Housewives? Are you I've, I've heard of it. You know, I've, I've watched a couple of couple of here and there, maybe. So basically, you know, like I, you imagine these women going to spas and having coffee enemas <laughs> and they get rid of all their stuff and then they feel revitalised. It's basically that, but not because you want to, because you have to, and not with coffee, but with cool boiled water. Yeah. Lovely. And then do you come out looking yeah. like a real housewife afterwards? You get like given oh, a little lovely. handbag. I and... do it. Get me a pot of coffee now. Yeah, I do it. <laughs> Jake, Jake, Jake at two weeks old had just like a full set of veneers on his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> little man bag and some diamonds. So Mellow glamorous. Like <laughs> You've also sort of um, on social media spoken about how Jake is, um, is celiac as well. Is that yeah. related to Hirschsprungs or is that something that's just coincidental? No, that's just another fun gift. Um, yeah, it just, it, it's almost like a joke. And I don't, you know, I laugh because it's just ridiculous. It's yeah, you just, kind of have to. Yeah, so it was, he was 14 months old and he caught enterocolitis, which is a really bad stomach bug, causes diarrhea and sickness. Um, and he wasn't absorbing enough nutrients to grow properly. So by this time he was underweight and we couldn't manage it at home anymore. He was too sick. So we went into hospital and we lived there for three months and he had to have TPN. Um, so that's total parental nutrition where 
they give you uh, a line directly into one of the main veins in your chest and then they put a solution of broken down macros and micronutrients and it's put straight into the blood so that your body can absorb it as best it can because it, his guts just could not absorb it and it was down to being celiac because when you have celiac disease and you eat gluten your stomach attacks itself mm. um, and of course the symptoms for celiac with um, bad stomach pains, poor nutrition, poor absorption, diarrhea are all very similar to most bowel conditions. So no one thought to think about that. And then I think they were just trying every test under the sun. And one day I just said, oh, you know, ever, ever thought you might be gluten free or something? And they did a test and he bloody was. <laughs> and it was just. I you seem to be on so the money happy. most times with these things, Rachel. I feel like people should maybe start listening to you about these things. Well, yeah, you'd think so. But um, you should tell my husband that. Yeah, I'll <laughs> make sure he listens to this. Because he's been eating gluten in some shape or form for over a year. So that's a whole year of exposing his gut to something it was allergic to, which is is really not good. So, yeah, he... um. He's, it's taken four and a half years for him to start eating properly. And by properly, I don't mean the quantities that he needs, but in terms of actually eating food and not rejecting it. Because when you're a baby, you're not able to tell your mum that what they're giving you to eat is making you have a bad stomach. They cr- Babies cry, and it could be for hundreds of reasons. And yeah. it just so happened that probably the main reason was because, bless him, he was being given food that his body was allergic to so where is he at now what does his sort of diet and and sort of routine look like is he able to kind of eat everything other than anything with gluten in is he able just to eat normally what's the situation um so he was always able to eat anything as long as there was no gluten in after that diagnosis but because of all the hospitalizations and the time in hospital he actually developed an aversion to eating uh, so we have to have intervention from a family psychologist, a dietitian, um, the stomach was involved. He's under gastro and surgical. So there's a, a whole team involved in his care. But yeah, now he's in school. He's in reception class. Um, he's just like any other boy. And I think if you met Jake, you you wouldn't know any of this. You would never think he had a bag. You never think he had a feeding tube. Yeah, he's just like any other little boy. It just so happens that he's got these extra little gifts that um that make him stand out a little bit and does he talk to his friends about having a stoma bag what what does jake you know how much does jake put it into his language about his life um so of course he's had a stoma since a few weeks old so he doesn't think of it as being any different and now Mm. of course i've got one so it's even more of a normal thing um but yeah he used to in nursery used to just flop down his trousers and be like this is my bag you know (laughs) check out my bag you know it's which I think is lush that's you know? amazing you show them some you know like little boys you know they like you know they like flopping at their winkies and going look at my winky well he's just doing the same totally bag. and why not you know get your ass out get your bag out do whatever you want you're sort of a mirror to him does he understand that sometimes you might feel ill or that you've you've been ill does he understand that or is is it just normal to him and he wouldn't really consider either of you you know having an illness or something that you need to adapt to um so I've never said anything or treated him in a way that would make him think it was a problem or that there was something different 
Um, it's just it is what it is, and that's it. Um, but also, if I'm feeling ill, or if he's, I want him to know that that's normal and it's okay, and that he can say if he is, because the the one thing that's kind of always made me feel awful about it is the fact that I never knew he was celiac, and he went must have been suffering so much, and I didn't know. So that's the one thing that I always. I'm really conscious of is that I want to know the minute there is anything that is not normal to him. Mm. So I actually there's a lot, isn't there, in like terms of research in that way, psychologists, and like, you know, about oh being strong for your children and you know being good role models and that. But also, I think if they, you know, they need to know it's okay to be sad. They need to know it's okay to be poorly, and it's about how you deal with that. Not so much that oh it's okay, it's nothing or. Yeah, I, I I do think it's important. And what advice would you have for other mothers or other parents who maybe when if they had a child that was born with an invisible illness were kind of blindsided by it and, and weren't sure where to start in terms of preparing or emotional help, things like that? I would say that the thing that helped me the most was social media. So for all its, you know, negatives, the advantages definitely outweighed them. So I was just constantly typing in hashtag Hirschsprung's disease, hashtag bowels disease, hashtag ostomies. And then this whole world opened up that I never knew existed, which of course, of course my poor mum would never have known to, was going to exist. So she's <laughs> literally going it alone. Um, and I just messaged people. I thought, what have I got to lose? All they can do is ignore me. And if they say something crude, I'll just block them. So I just went for it and said, look, you know, I've got a little boy with this or, ooh, have you ever experienced this? And I gained so much knowledge. There are some people I still speak to now. And that's kind of what got me into starting my social media account because I know how much that helped me. And, you know, if I can help one person, then I know that I've you know done a good thing. And I just think as well, it helps you feel less alone because all of those things that you expect to happen when you have a baby are taken from you overnight when you... Yeah have a child like Jake and it's nothing anyone can advise you on or tell you what to expect because every you know bowel conditions everyone deals with them in a different way and they affect everyone differently don't they I mean me and Jake both have Hirschsprungs and you know it's affected us in similar ways but I don't have celiac disease I never had a feeding tube and you know he came from my blood and we're still very different like that so I think unless you speak to people and open up and try and go out there and find it out for yourself yeah you're not going to know I think it's really important and it can be scary at first and this has all definitely made me more confident definitely by making these connections with people and finding out all this information definitely could you also tell us a little bit about because you work with Noah's Art Charity could you tell us a little bit more about what that is and then what you do yeah so um so Noah's Ark is um, an official charity, it's the registered charity for the hospital, but it's not an NHS charity. So they've fallen on really hard times with COVID because they don't um, qualify for any of the Captain Tom money, any of the NHS raised funds, they get nothing. So um, they fund um, specialist equipment for the hospital. They fund the place specialists, which are really essential part of the children's hospital because the kids go through so many invasive procedures and unpleasantries and they're there to distract and play with them and give them attention that's not medical so they're really vital and this charity pays their wages pays for this equipment and right now they're trying to raise funds for um, ventilation equipment which is needed with winter coming up in preparation for that so yeah they've fallen on really hard times and 
if there's anything I can do to help them, I will. And they um, really kindly asked me to be a family ambassador a couple of years ago, which I was really honoured to be asked. So obviously Santa's isolating this year, isn't he, ladies? So yeah, of course. He, he just can't go to all these grottos like he normally would. No, so, he's very old. He's vulnerable. Yeah. yeah, he is. So what they're doing is they've managed to get Santa to do some virtual visits with the children. So if the oh, parents would love that. Um, then they can go on the Noah's Ark website and they can register their interest there. So, But Noah's Ark, you know, without them, Jake wouldn't be here. It's as simple as that. And they funded the bed that I would sleep on when we were living there. And and when you go in there, it's just, it's not like a normal hospital. There's colour and there's life there. Mm. Um, and it just makes it for a, a lot, lot more of a, it's not going to be a lovely experience, is it? Let's not pretend. But, you know, it's, I know going to hospital as a kid, what that was like. And I know where Noah's Ark is, that it's just so much better. And that's all down to their really hard fundraising that they're doing. And the ladies are just the loveliest group of ladies ever. They're so, so nice. And they're not, they don't do it because they have to. They do it because they want to and they love it. Um, Rachel, can you tell us a bit about your second stoma and, and how that came about? So, Because did you have your surgery during lockdown this year? Yeah, so oh I... I've been waiting to have a stoma for a couple of years now. So I suddenly got quite poorly um, on and off in my early 20s. And then I had a couple of years of being really fit and healthy, going to the gym and stuff. And then literally one day I was flipping a tyre. So you can imagine that, if you will. <laughs> As we do. Flipping tyres. tyre, casually. Um, and then it was literally like 24 hours later, I got poorly. And then I just never got better. So that damn tyre, if That's I like ever see tire. that tyre again, I'm going to pop <laughs> that thing. Rightly um, so. Yeah. Uh, and then just poorly on and off loads. And then um, had a, had another bout of good illness, got pregnant with Jake, and then kind of went, the pregnancy was really good, actually. And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that I... Um, had a really good diet and I'd been fit and active before it, which helps massively. Um, and then it was as soon as I'd had Jake, the weight of having Jake there, um, the scar tissue from my first stoma surgery, it just rocked the boat. And I went from being able to go for walks to just not being able to leave the house. And then on tramadol, pregabalin and just ridiculous amounts of pain meds. Um and then the surgeon just said, look, I don't think you've got any other options anymore. You're going to have to have a stoma. That was decision was made before lockdown. And then obviously lockdown happened. And I thought, oh, well, that's not going to happen now because that is it's not essential. I'm still breathing and people need other things more. And then I had a phone call from the hospital saying, oh, can you come in for, in two weeks time and have your stoma surgery? And I was like, oh. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Um, had that operation, but the stoma kind of um, sunk back on itself quite quickly. And it didn't matter what bag I tried, um, what I did, whether it was a barrier ring or powder or paste or whatever. And the people on Instagram that I connected with by then, just just the most luscious people I'd be messaging them sent in the grossest photos of this stoma it's literally like a car crash it was gross it was so gross I think the opposite of a of a sexy nude really isn't it oh yeah yeah Yeah, check out my stoma (laughs) it's it's just yeah it's just not attractive um and you know what and then I feel bad for saying that but then no they're not they are not attractive um, I don't think well mine isn't I mean um, someone else's might be beautiful um 
but yeah, they're like, there's this pack that you get from a company, and I'm not going to say which one. Oh my God, you, maybe you should cut this out. <laughs> but, um, but there's we'll this decide. pack you get. Okay. So there's this pack you get from a company when you when they know you're going to have surgery, and they this fake stone that comes with it. Oh my Jesus Christ, it looks like something out of the alien films, like a really bad <gasps> prop. <laughs> Why do they send you a fake stoma? It was just the grossest thing. It was just like, obviously, Jake's got a stoma. His is his is like literally the perfect example of a stoma. Legit, he is so lucky he has no idea. And I will remind him lots when he's older. Speaking of Jake, you've uh, done a little mini interview with him, which yes. we um, will you'll hear from him shortly. Um, but before we listen to that, uh, Rachel, where can people find you on um, on social media and find your incredible account? Oh, that's so kind. Um, so it's gutsy.mem and it's on Instagram. But if you just put in hashtag ostomy, the world just opens up for you and there, there's so much to be seen. So, yeah, I would anyone that's due to have surgery, just go for it. Get yourself lost for a couple of hours in that Instagram wormhole. And <laughs> yeah, it's and also if um, if there is anyone that wants to send me a message, my inbox is always open. Any parents, anyone due to have surgery, anyone that's got some weird and wonderful picture um yeah just send it to me that's so kind <gasps> that came out wrong no <laughs> <laughs> all right let's just end the interview there that's that's fine i cannot wait to see what you get sent now <laughs> oh my god she's open everyone just send her what you <laughs> Oh my god! So let's have it known now that today I have just opened myself up to anything. But no, no. Oh my gosh, Rachel! Thank you so so much. Thank you so much for coming on. You're just fabulous. Oh, thank you, luscious ladies. You are doing an amazing job. Hey, all. My name is called Jake. And what have you and Mummy got? That's very special. A stoma bag. And what do you think of your stoma bag? Ah, uh, it's good. Yeah. And what's your favourite thing to play with? Cars and guns. And what's your favourite car? A nine sixteen. Car that can go super fast on round attack with other cars. Oh, that's awesome. And do you remember the name of the hospital that helps you lots and lots? Where do we go? Uh, that we see all those lovely ladies. It's Noah's Ark, isn't it? Noah's Ark. Yeah, and how have they helped you? Do you remember? Good. Good. They've done good helping, have they? Yeah. Well, I think you are the bravest boy I know, handsome. Yeah. Yeah. We're so pleased to have Ashara Keys join us as our second guest today. Ashara was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in 2010 when she was just 15 years old. She is now a photographer and yoga teacher with her YouTube channel and business, Awkward Awakened Awareness. And not only do her online videos teach us how yoga can aid symptoms of chronic illness, they also feature her beautiful daughter who shows us you are never too young to start practicing. 
So, Ashara, we'll get straight into it. Can you tell us a bit about your diagnosis experience? Because you were quite young, weren't you? Okay, yeah. So I was diagnosed in 2010. Mm -hmm. It was in May 2010. Um, Basically, I was just having a really bad flare-up. The doctors (laughs) just thought I had IBS. So it was like, oh, it's just IBS, basically. Probably they gave me a bit of, you know, busker pan or something like that. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, yeah and then I said okay but I just kept losing weight rapidly and then it got to a point where whenever I'd eat anything I'd vomit up straight away and stuff like that or just have diarrhea straight away so my mom took me back to the doctors and they said okay we'll refer her to gastro and then with gastro that's when they did the poo sample and then they had the poo sample and then they said all right right away we need to get in to um needed to come into King's Hospital straight away. So from that, we just got a cab straight to the hospital. And then that's when I was put um, to sleep so they could do a colonoscopy and endoscopy. Then they found out that I had Crohn's. Um, And then from there, basically, it was just put on steroids and as a fibrin and modulin, a liquid diet for six weeks. Um, It was a bit difficult, obviously, not going from not taking any medication to taking like a whole cocktail of medications and doing this liquid diet thing. And, you know, it was my birthday. I really wanted to go out and eat and stuff like that. So I couldn't. So that was really hard and challenging. And I didn't like start taking the medication straight away or do what I was supposed to do probably straight away. Yeah. because I was just, I just weren't used to it. That worked for, like, I managed it. I was up and down, but I was a lot better than I initially was in the flare-up. <laughs> I feel like we should introduce your daughter, Ashara. Yeah. We should probably let the listeners know that, that your lovely daughter is yeah. here. It feels mean that we haven't said hello. Oh, fair. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of your daughter, Ashara, how was pregnancy with Crohn's disease? That hasn't something we've ever been yeah. able to speak to somebody about. Yeah, so pregnancy with Crohn's disease was fine for me. Um, all my symptoms went away. I was, it was like I was in remission. All I had mm. was obviously pregnancy symptoms and sickness and stuff like that. But all my Crohn's was basically gone. My poo was fine. I could eat what I want when I wanted. Like every, that was like the perfect time for me. Wow. And what what um, is the the reason for that? Do you think? Because that is something I've personally heard before that when uh, women uh, get pregnant, sometimes their symptoms go away. Do you know why that is? No, I think maybe just like the baby, the hormones and everything that's happening in your body, your body's like doing it all. So I don't feel like there needs to be that autoimmune response because it's actually yep. growing and your body's just doing something totally different. Insane. I think. And also I think the, the female like... body as well, I don't think gets enough credit for the amazing things it can do. I was actually reading this book the other day of when this woman was incredibly malnourished and she couldn't get any food for herself. But when she was pregnant the milk that was in her breast actually turned almost into like kind of like a thick, almost like a cream, so that when the baby was born, because she hadn't been able to provide enough food for it in her tummy, it was already thick like a food. Like, wow. isn't it amazing that your bodies just do these things yeah, when yeah, you need it the most? Like, what to do kind of thing. It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's that was it with me. My body just kind of knew what to do, and then I was fine, literally. But as soon as I had her, that's when I had like the worst flare of my life. Oh. So it was like take the rough with the smooth and I was in that flare for a good like took me a good two years to be like proper like normal again with a newborn baby yeah exactly 
Yeah, but I used to have diarrhea. I used to be breastfeeding. There's a picture of me literally breastfeeding her when I'm on the toilet with a cup of tea and diarrhea and smiling. I'm but sorry, yeah, women are amazing. Because right, she was a newborn and I had a lot of help from my mum, I would just um, do toilet or whatever. My mum would kind of watch her, but it was really hard because um, you need to go to the toilet a lot. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and they did four and everything. I had piles, obviously, from the pregnancy and the crumbs, and it was just... I'm dying in the house, baby! You did have diarrhea! <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, um, Ashara, as well, we want to talk to you a lot about yoga today. So your yeah. channel is called Awkward Awakened Awareness. Where did that title come from? This was in 2018 when I first started um, because I think that's when I got in remission after I had her. So it was about, I had her 2016. So 2018, I was feeling a lot better. <laughs> and I just wanted to create awareness for Crohn's and colitis and IBD and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So awkward. I'm yes. awkward. I'm a very awkward person. <laughs> Awakened. I was going for an awakening. And awareness is because I wanted to create awareness for IBD. Also, all the Crohn's names were gone on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> you can see I've got loads of underscores and stuff. Yeah. Really, really unique. And then I've just never changed it. It's great. I really like it. And how did you get into yoga? I was actually saying to Evie, I tried to do some yoga this morning in light of this coming out. And I I find it so hard, Ashara. Like, I always feel so much better afterwards, but I'm so, I'm just not flexible. How did you get into yoga? Were you always quite good? Were you always quite bendy? Or was it something you had to practice? No, 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 never. When I was a kid, I used to like to do gymnastics, but um, because the coach was so strict and like horrible, I didn't like it. I'd end up crying all the time. I dropped out. I didn't do it. Um, but I've always wanted to do the splits. And then I just basically, I just started doing 10 minutes every morning. I just said, you know, like, when you go on this path, so it was the awakening path. And I just wanted to do like, it's like starting juicing or going on like a cleanse or whatever. It was just one yeah. of those things. It wasn't meant to be anything permanent. But I thought, all right, you know, like sometimes you get them, you get that kind of feeling like, yeah, yeah I'm doing this, I'm doing that now. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I was doing. So I was doing like 10 minutes in the morning, just follow some YouTube video, 10 minutes yoga. Mm-hmm. And I did it every morning. I started to feel that if I didn't do it in the morning, a little bit, not frustrated, but like antsy, you know, like if you're a smoker and you don't have a fag in the morning, you feel, yeah. that's how I felt. I felt like the day would go so much smoother or I was more aligned with myself and my patients and stuff like that if I had just done that 10 minutes. And I was like, wow, that's weird. And on a lot of the videos that you do, you do it with your daughter. <laughs> and it's so nice to see. Do you think it's yoga is good for young children as well? Do you find that they enjoy it too? I feel like it's good for them to witness. I mean, it's better than growing up seeing your mum smoking weed or something like that. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. She might become an adult and go through some stressful times mm-hmm. just that. If you know every time mum's stressed, she has, a double vodka gin and tonic <laughs> you're gonna go for that double, that sounds like my mum I mean? yeah. but maybe if she's stressy you know she might start Don't. doing all of this and that and <laughs> warrior twos so maybe and because I do it she likes to like show off and tell me oh yeah because I tried to teach her but you can see that she's very um her own character yeah she won't like repeat her she's like no you're doing it wrong do it like this do it like this <laughs> so she likes to show me what she can do and stuff like that so in turn that's even helping her Definitely. and and stuff like that she's good at PE because of it <laughs> that's fantastic yeah and on that kind of train of thought what advice would you give to other mums who have Crohn's and and little children do you find there are there must be a lot of difficulties that come with it. 
Yeah, definitely. It's so hard being a mum with a chronic illness, but then it's also a blessing because some people can't even have children Mm. and you just feel like how grateful you are. And then sometimes you have the kid and then you just feel like, oh my gosh, I'm meant to be so grateful for this child, but I'm struggling so much. I can't because there's times where I've come in, even now, and she's four. So it's been like, she knows, like she said, diarrhea, she's known about it from she was born, so she kind of knows my condition. If I say, I've got diarrhea, I can't move right now, and I'm I'm on the toilet for 40 minutes, she'll get that. Do you know what I mean? She's not going to come in or, do you know, she might come in, actually. (laughs) If she'll come in, she'll say you stink and then get out. (laughs) But, um, But, yeah, no, my advice would be just to kind of don't beat yourself up about if you can't do, because there's bare days, especially if I have my infusion i'm on celera now there's there's those days i can't do nothing like i could just give her like a sandwich for dinner or Mm -hmm. just chip like anything i won't eat but just it's so hard sometimes if you especially i'm a single person i live alone just me and her if i'm not able to physically do anything then who's caring for her kind of thing do you know what i mean ashara thinking of yoga again sorry i meant to ask you this earlier so for people with a chronic illness, how, uh, what kind of yoga routines can they get into if they are maybe struggling to get out of bed? If, it, if they are thinking of it as the one thing that they could do each day, what would you advise? What kind of practices would be helpful for them? Well, if they're struggling to get out of bed, they can do like some bed yoga. There's loads of things on like Pinterest or even Instagram. They've got like bed yoga positions. You can literally do it in your bed. Mm. But if you can get up and on a mat, then I would just say something simple. I started with just 10 minutes a day. Don't try to do 25 minutes, half an hour, a whole hour class. Just find something 10, 12, maybe 15 minutes. So if you just do some simple things, you're still moving your body, you're still getting the benefits of the practice, but at least you're doing it and you're not being so strenuous that you can't do it the next day. But yeah, I'll say sun salutations. I've got a video on my... um, on my Instagram, the link in my bio has a 10-minute sun salutation video. I would say sun salutations to start off with for any beginner. Um, you can just take it at your own pace. Thank you. And so speaking of Instagram, yeah. could you just remind us of uh, how to access you on social media? It is. So my Instagram is awkward underscore awakened underscore awareness underscore IBD. Um, <laughs> and what's so next? It's quite a bit awkward and I should come, in, I should come up. <laughs> um, and what's next for you Shara so you're you're teaching your own classes did you say yeah so in the summer I did some summer classes which was really fun it was outdoors in the garden and there was like little drinks and stuff and refreshments that you can have um but obviously it's coming to winter now so I did that in London but um, I'm not doing that anymore because it's coming to winter and people don't want to exercise outside. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, basically, I'm just doing the onlines, the one-to-ones. I'm trying to get a group up. Where I live now is in Maidstone, so I'm trying to get a group up in Maidstone and just go from there, really. I like doing it in groups because it's fun for people. They encourage each other and they feel yeah. good each other and then one-to-ones for obviously the people that might be a bit nervous or might be a bit different or you know I do it for people with disabilities as well so um because I used to be a carer when I was like um a few years ago maybe 17 or something so I know a lot of people with like autism and like disabilities or do you know what I mean so one lady I do it for she's got a disability she's like in a wheelchair but we still do just like sitting down yoga so that's like my speciality because I've got an invisible illness and somebody with Crohn's they might have had a stomach or do you know what I mean there's certain (laughs) postures that they can't do 
or that I need to take in mind. So that's also an illness. So I just see like whatever disability you got, even if it's mental health or whatever, I, I like to specialise and help people that are more disabled than, um, you know, your average person that can get up and go to a class fine. So that's, that's like my niche. That's amazing. That's wonderful. And to, to be able to sort of just adapt, you know, no matter what sort of disability you've got, yeah, you can always adapt. I feel like everyone deserves it. I don't feel like it should be like, oh, like you said, you're not flexible, so you can't mm-hmm. do it. Or, you know, I've got this illness or I've got that. Or do you know what I mean? I can't do it. Ashara, <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you so much for chatting to us today. It's been such a pleasure. Thank oh, you. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And we'll get practicing with our yoga and our splits. Next time yeah, I speak to you, practicing. I'll be in the splits. And then come on. You guys got to come on live me. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Thank you so so much. Stop what you're doing. Let's talk about pooing. So this is the part of the show where we read out a listener's turtle or some bladenage or fart fable or something else. Claudia, what have we got? We we have a, a lovely little novella that's been sent in, simply entitled A Shit Story, which I think, you know, is, is fair enough. We can relate to that. We can't really ask for more than that. They say Embarrassing, inconvenient and urgent poo situations have been part of my life for about 10 years, but the one that tops it all was when I was en route to a fitness class across town. Well, you're asking for it, aren't you? If you're going to go exercise, bad stuff's going to happen to you. In a rush as always, I suddenly needed to go while sat in heavy traffic and with no toilets at my end destination, I had two choices. Pull over somewhere quiet and miss my class. Or two, grab the carrier bag from the passenger seat and whilst manoeuvring round town, take a dump into the bag. Option two, one, made the class and deposited the offensive article in a bin afterwards. What a sweet story. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Simple and effective. I love it. Concise, gets to the point. And I think we've all been being in traffic when you need to go to the toilet. Oh, no. But this is what I love. Sometimes you just get this sense of efficiency. You're like, I'm not going to cry about it. I've got the tools I need. Wham, bam, thank you, man. Sod it. Let's get on. It it does remind me of the time that I pooed in the woods. I mean, I've actually done that more than once. But you just you just have to do it because there is, when you've got no other option, you become almost detached and clinical about it because it just becomes logis- logistically, right, where I've got some poo inside me, it soon needs to be outside of me and I need to work out where that will reside. And um, if it's got to be a bag, it's got to be a bag. Oh God, a, a friend of mine was in the car with her mum the other day and sent us through kind of a video poll asking us what, what she should do. And she really, really needed to go for a wee. And obviously it's very different for women because your aim might not be as good. You need some sort of thing. And while she was talking, she just had this big McDonald's cup in her hand. I think somebody was like, well, it's a no-brainer, babe. Just go in the back and go in the McDonald's cup. Like, just just do it. And I could tell that she was asking for more opinions because she was scared. And there is a fear that you might miss and that you end up in, in a pretty sticky situation. But I do think sometimes if if you really have to go... There is no time for an opinion poll. Like, it's a coming out of you. I also think I would rather have piss on my hands than be so desperate I was going to piss my clothes. Because, like, hands are wiped down, whereas clothes are not wiped down. There is a sense, though, that you don't want to cross over to that bridge. You don't want to be the girl that pissed in a McDonald's cup and you can't next to your mum. I mean, I don't think I want to be that girl, but now, now I'm talking about her. She sounds hilarious and I want to go on a night out with that girl oh my god I saw the most insane tweet the other day about somebody who 
they met a, a girl and sh- she would just piss herself in the club if the queue was too long for the toilets. <laughs> She'd be like, fuck it, I'm not queuing. And I'm like, part of me is like, yeah, I feel that deeply. The, I always think about our nightclub that we went to when we were at uni. The stairs to get to that toilet, as a drunk woman in tiny heels, that was a terrifying experience. I'd be tempted to just wait on the dance floor to avoid potentially killing myself trying to come back down the stairs to get back to the dance floor. You basically had to abs. I would often abseil back down because it was genuinely safer to do that. Like hold on to the banister and walk backwards. You always looked over to the stairs and you'd just see these girls clinging on for dear life, like walking backwards down the stairs. Stupid fucking design. I mean, it wasn't just a huge staircase up to the toilets. It was literally like a fucking cliff edge. And I remember going back into um, one of our tutorials the next day and there was a guy in our year and he went, I saw you last night in arena. I was like, oh, really? He was like, yeah, yeah, you were abseiling down the stairs carrying a plastic bag of clothes covered in your own vomit. And I was like, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> the glory days, those were the days. <laughs> How I miss them. Oh, gosh, amazing. Please do keep sending us in your stories. We love to hear them. They make us feel better about ourselves. And that is the main reason we're doing this. So please, please keep making us feel better about ourselves. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, if you do have anything to send in, please email us um, at thepoodcastofficial at gmail.com. Share, review, rate, subscribe. Please tell everyone how great it is. Or, you know, if you want to talk about how shit it is, some people have not been holding back from doing that. So if you want to do, if you want to do that, you can. I want to say a big thank you to our guests that came on today. They were amazing. We had Rachel and Jake and Ashara and Zayana, and they were just spectacular thank you so much for sharing your stories with us guys you're amazing thank you so so much and please do follow us on socials at the underscore podcast and find us on our website at thepoodcast.com keep it rolling da, da, na, na, na. i don't know what that was i don't even know what i was trying to work out a way to end the episode and i don't think it's that well it's going to be this now because we've recorded it <laughs> <laughs> keep it rolling guys keep it rolling mm.